conflicting. I remember this one commercial where it was like, when they attacked the twin, I don't think it was a commercial for anything. It was just, you know, paid by whatever, some probably political person. Capitalism. Just Capitalism. Yeah. yeah and capitalism. it was like, when they attacked the Twin Towers, like, they, they were trying to change America. And then, like, fades. And then it was, because, like, you know, explosions, the tower, which is, like, also fucked up that they show that shit in, like, commercial. And then it, like, fades yes. away. And then it fades back and they're like, and they did. And it was just a row of houses with American flags on it. I remember having very conflicting feelings of being I like, think I remember that. Company. Yeah, I, think I remember, I remember that. like. What up, world? Hey, uh... Welcome back to another tasty episode of the Amera Podcast. It is Wednesday, 6.46 p.m. We got the original crew in the house, including Mr. Fluffy, Fluff on the Road. How you doing tonight, <laughs> Fluffster? Hello, doing good. Thank you for having me. I'm currently in uh, Maryland, shortly to be in Pennsylvania. Driving safely. Driving safely. Yes. Zero, zero distractions. This is important. Fluff on the road may be the best description I've ever heard of Nelson, even when he's not on a road trip. <laughs> that's true. You know what? That's like, yeah, no, that's good stuff. <laughs> also, I'm going to, I'm going to have that made as a sticker. You should. And I bet you'll get a lot of play in the porn industry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely put, yeah, put that on both sides. Get two stickers. Like Using it. a hands-free device, of course. <laughs> of course. Wearing a mask. No, all right, sorry. Anyways. <laughs> also with us this evening is Mr. Tyler Grillo, our West Coast correspondent. How are you tonight? Doing well. Glad to be back in the house with the crew. I feel like I haven't been in the full house in a minute. So, yeah, good to be here. And also, for those of you on our visual medium, trying out what would I look like with a mullet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You look really good, actually. Thank I was you. thinking to myself, this whole intro, two things. One, Kelly has a very impressive drum roll. And two, your hair looks fantastic. Thank you, Blake. And, you know, coming from you means a lot. Means a lot. A lot. Uh, dear <laughs> listeners, let us know if you think Tyler would look good in a mullet. If we get five likes, he's going to shave it. So Yes, actually, totally. Let's go. This is <laughs> the best content we've ever put out on this audio medium, for sure. Oh, man. That's, I don't know, that's that's bold. That's bold. Also with us out in Denver is Johnny Anderson. How are you tonight? Good. Fucking ready to podcast, baby. Hell yeah. And John Kelly, also out in the Denver metro area. How are you this evening, sir? Fantastic. Glad to be back. Glad, glad to be uh, getting another just upper topic to bring, it, to bring into your ears, dear listeners. That's our brand. <sighs> On point. How are you, Blake? Yeah. Oh, I'm good. Thank you for asking. I, uh, I'm sitting in a new chair I've got here. It's very comfortable. Mm. Fluffy, fluffy sat in it before he hit the road. And uh, I'm sipping on some Malbec. Rocky Malbec, the original. Mm, yep. Bringing it back around. <laughs> so I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here with you fellas. And despite the uh, subject matter, it's important that we get it in before this month expires. We're going to talk a little 9-11 this evening and reflect on what we were going through that terrifying day 20 years ago. 
Yeah. I mean, I'll just go ahead and start and say that it's crazy that it's already been 20 years. I mean, something to uh, be such a strong influence on our domestic and foreign policy and something that's had such a strong impact on kind of day-to-day lives for the majority of our being on the planet is pretty crazy. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it like, it deeply affected me on a personal level and it like set trajectories for me that continued to this day in part. So I was, you know, primed for it, but it, at least for me personally, it was a very deterministic day in my life, which is wild to think now, 20 years on. Yeah. The thing that I think about, I, I feel the same way, John. I also feel like there's, it's interesting because there's so many people alive now that have no living memory of 9-11, right? Which is like crazy to us. But at the same time, I feel like we, at least for me personally, I was probably just old enough, really, like by a year or two maybe, for it to have that kind of impact on my life. Because mm-hmm. even when it, immediately when it happened, I knew that, conceptually I knew that it was a big deal because of everybody's reaction to it. Uh but personally, I, you know, it was on a scale that at that time I didn't understand. Yeah. I knew enough to know that I didn't know how big a deal it was, basically. I was like, I'm aware of the fact that this is gigantic, but I am also aware of the fact that I can't really process it right now. And still, I mean, like, we're, as, as a country, we're still processing it. And all of us were like, what, 12, 13 years old, right? Yeah. We're in seventh grade. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, whatever that is. Yeah, 11, 12, um, 13. Yeah, but yeah, one of the first times I felt old in my 20s was when I was talking to people, or I guess it, maybe it was even before then, but when I was talking to people who didn't have a strong memory of it, and I was like, oh, God, am I old? And, but Nelson, you, you make a good point that, like, we are one of the youngest age groups that could have clear memories of it, right? You yeah. get into five, four, third grade, and you start to be like, I kind of remember it, but, you know, like I have a very vague recollection of Columbine, mm-hmm. uh, which we were in third grade, I think, when that happened. Oh, yeah, that's um, much more vague in my mind, for yeah, sure. Yeah, like I remember getting locked down, but that's about it. With with 9-11, like I, I have pretty clear memories through the day. Um, especially in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And I think that that's important that, that it was at a time that was formative for us is, and you know, millennials, we, we joke about this, our what seventh life cha- world, or world changing event in our lives. Right. But it, <laughs> yeah. it was such a, a big deal at such a formative moment that then sets the stage for so much that's happened globally, politically, um, but also domestically, um, yeah, for sure. and, 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 and then with the subsequent things related to nine 11, but also unrelated to nine 11, climate change and all of the things, right. And all the things we've experienced, but I think experiencing something like that at such an early age sets a thing in your learning that it's not that it, it wouldn't be normal, but because we've experienced so many of them and we experienced it at such a young age, there's a familiarity about it, at least for me and other people I've talked, not in like a good way or like, oh, yay, this, but it's like this again, some now, big, huge, fucked up thing. Nelson sent me a meme that I think captures this in a slightly different context where it's uh, that meme where it's like the guy poking the stick and it's like 
do something, you know? <laughs> and it's uh, the the housing market and it's going up and up and up and up and up. And it's labeled millennials and they're poking it and saying crash already. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, and I felt that so deeply because it's like, yeah, I'm just ready for like the next financial crisis. Let's right. go. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it, um, and that's a big difference uh, to, I mean, basically every generation since 18... 18- 12, right? Is that our personal security? Well, I guess Civil War II, whatever. Um, but our, let's say after the, the, the World War II, Americans didn't have to worry about their personal security domestically. And we, at a young age, did not have that same kind of security. Yeah. Um, but it's a very there's... good point. It's a very good point. After World War II, there was no real domestic threats. Yeah, sure, we fought wars, right? We yeah. had Korea, we had Vietnam, which was a disaster. We had the first Gulf War that we were all around for, but we don't remember because we were so young. Uh, De- Operation Desert Storm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's it's it is an entirely different beast when you look at it. And you know, uh, maybe maybe I'll start off because I know we were going to talk about some personal stories from that day um as the resident former new yorker on the podcast um because i because i was actually i was in new york the weekend just before 9-11 happened because 9-11 happened on uh tuesday uh, tuesday morning if i remember correctly Um, i believe you (laughs) um well yeah because i i went to my aunt's wedding and she was marrying a police officer who worked in downtown manhattan and had he not gotten married that weekend he would have been one of the first first responders but he was on his honeymoon he had flown out on sunday night Um, and like you know we flew back and i went to the broncos jets game the night before and i woke up with my dad you know the next morning after going to that game and remember standing in my living room my dad was like this, I thought this was not real 10 minutes ago, but I think it is. You need to watch this right now. This is a very big deal. And, you know, um, it's the first time I had ever had my parents spoke to me that way of like something happening on the television set, even though it was 3,000 miles away and something that was tangentially connected to my family since I knew people that were in New York. Um, I had people that worked in Manhattan and my family still at that time. Um, and, you know, at least in my household, it was a disaster. You know, my parents thought that the country was under attack. Manhattan was going to be in flames by the end of the day. They didn't know if they should send me to school, if they should not go to work, you know, any of that stuff. And that's at, let's see, that would have been 645, 7 o'clock in the morning here in Denver. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just the start before we even got to school. And we were all in, you know, middle school together at that point. And Yep. That was a stressful day at school too, but that's that's how the first couple of hours were, even before the second plane hit. Yeah. I had a pretty similar experience in the morning. Um, I used to, because I'm extremely cool, record Star Trek Voyager at night, which was after my bedtime, and then I'd watch it in the mornings <laughs> oh, before did. I went to school. Damn right, I figured out how to program the VCR. And so uh, I, I remember turning on the television because my mom, the television was, of course, set to CNN or whatever. And I saw the the first tower on fire and being a stupid seventh grader who'd never experienced something like that. I was like, some moron set a trash can on fire and I'm going to watch my Star Trek Voyager. And so I pop it in and my mom's like, hey, can you go back to that real quick? And we from there and then my next memory is being in the car with my mom and I we were listening to the radio and it was the first 
time that I had heard the Pentagon uh, be hit. And I remember my mom just being like, this is, uh, you know, your your innocence is gone, basically. Um, like, this is really, really bad, that kind of stuff. And then I got to school early enough where we had like 20 minutes or something like that. And we were sitting in the cafeteria like we usually did. And then we ran into Mr. McCarthy's first period biology class <laughs> and turned on the television. And there was just a cloud over Manhattan. And from the time I'd left my house to the time we got to the television, uh, the towers had fallen. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can pick it up there because I, I actually uh, didn't learn about it till we till I got to school. Uh, oh, shit. Be, yeah. And usually I took the bus, but I don't think I did that day for some reason. I Maybe at that time my parents were working. My mom was working. Because my mom was working close to there. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Because... Um, we we had limited TV time in my house uh, growing up, and the morning was definitely not a time for the television. So like we didn't, and you know this is like before you know phones and shit. So like if you haven't got like you know the paper or something, which is obviously not going to have an event that's unfolding at that moment. And I don't think I listened to the radio at all either. I think we just listened to music or something. So I didn't know until I got to school, and so I remember walking in the, that front of Evergreen Middle School with yeah, the staircase that goes up. And, like, like a bit of a frenzy happening, like, 10 or 15 people, and they were, like, you know. And I remember someone told me it was a helicopter crashed into the Pentagon. I remember, like, that was, like, the first thing I heard or something. It was, yeah. like, something that was, like, it, it was a helicopter crashed into something. And, I, and obviously that didn't happen. But, like, just the amount of rumors that were circulating, like, that was the first thing I heard. Yeah. Um, and then I, I remember do remember. Too. I remember the conjecture. Yeah. yeah, and then at some point that I think I connected with my parents, like I think they just like called the school and were like, "Can we just like?" Because my dad, oh, that's right, because my dad was supposed to fly. My dad was uh... was supposed to fly that day, and so I remember actually in my heart level being like, "He's fine," but being concerned, obviously. And mm-hmm. so I think I called my mom or something. And then I remember going home, and my dad was actually he was wherever he was, so he was already gone um, for work. And so uh, I got home with my mom, and again I remember because. Did she that. pull you out of school? Did, do we have it? I think we ended early that day or something. I don't. I think so. I, I don't, don't know. Think we ended early. I yeah. remember being at lunch and people starting getting pulled out and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, possible, possible. But I know. I know. At least I made it to lunch for sure. Right. Yeah. 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 And then I remember a good amount of things. I mean, I want to hear from Nelson and Blake, but I also remember a good amount of things about like from the the weeks and months following that. Like, that day was impactful, but it feels like I remember it more of, like, a swarm of stuff. Hmm. And then there are things going forward that I remember more clearly being like, oh, that moment. Oh, that. Like, having thoughts about the world where I was like, oh, you know. Right. I did ride the bus to school that day, as I did most days. Um, I'm pretty sure I did. Although my mother was also the clinic lady at the the elementary school down the road so i was usually at school early anyways and i was i I remember i was in the cafeteria hanging out with like chris lundquist Mm -hmm. and uh like brendan flanagan and shit and we were just chilling like probably talking about counter-strike and stuff you know (laughs) video games (laughs) and um and then i remember on i believe on the on intercom they had us go to our first period early from the cafeteria oh. and nobody knew why 
And so we all went to our first period. Mine was, I think it was Miss Rainey, the English teacher. Yeah, because you were 6'1", right? Or 7'1". Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Rainey. And she, she was super dope, though. Um, and she had the TVs on when we walked in. And, um, like, she, she was the teacher. Did you guys read the book? That was then. This is now. I don't remember. I probably didn't so read she, it if it was assigned. So let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was an assigned. It was an assigned book, and it was about. It was well, there's a couple characters, but like one of the main characters was this little black boy. I think his name was Eminem, and he was like, he just turned thirteen, grown up in Chicago, I think, and it took place in like the '60s or '70s. It was all about like youth entering adulthood and all of those experiences like sex drugs alcohol it was a great book that we read in fucking yeah seventh, seventh grade. grade or whatever wow and she it was in her class and i don't remember if it was before this happened or if it was after like if it was for the assigned reading for the summer or whatever but dude it was i vividly remember walking into that class and seeing i think that i think there was one plan had already hit and then we watched the second one hit on TV and all this. We're like, oh, fuck. Wow. And then, yeah, the classes rolled through. I think maybe second period had more TV or more video footage of the news. And then I think I was in school the whole day. I think um, they asked us to, or they asked the teachers to turn off the television, too. At some point, yeah. I remember an announcement. I think it was either second or third period where they announced it because kind of the majority of the action had happened at that point. Um, But I remember at each subsequent period them turning it on at the beginning and then turning it off to like see if anything else was happening and then turning it off again. (laughs) That must have been tough to be a teacher that day. Damn. Oof. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. What are you going to tell a bunch of seventh? Yeah. You know, yeah, especially yeah. a bunch of seventh graders, like a bunch of white seventh graders that grew up in Evergreen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like adults. Well, no. And nobody knew what was happening. Yeah. They yeah. didn't totally. know what was happening. Yeah. They're just like, let's hope that this is just like an, an isolated incident. Right. Yeah. So that was one of the most amazing things about that teacher in that class. And that moment for me was that after reading that book, that was then this is now we had the class discussion. She was like, how many of you think that this is a true story? Like this is like, could this happen in real life? And like class people raise their hands. How many people think it's like, couldn't happen, you know, and people raise their hands. And her whole point was to like, show us that that was reality and that evergreen was very much a bubble, mm-hmm. you know, it was a great experience. And then to have that happen too with the same teacher, the same year was very vivid experience for me yeah (laughs) i had mr mccarthy that first period like i said and the only thing i remember about him was that he studied bugs and then he told me to eat potatoes when you go backpacking because it'll make you warmer which in retrospect was probably bad diet advice (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah i i remember uh, I never even knew Mr. McCarthy, and then they like made me like kind of almost like a TA form because I like. Oh, I remember and that. Trade, and and right. he used to make me carry a snake around, and I hated snakes. Yeah, and he'd be I like, you got to take my snake out, and I'd be like, I got to take your snake out. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> of course, somebody. Of course, somebody with the last name of McCarthy is going to force you to eat a potato. Or yeah. Whoa! He used to throw is... shade on Irish people here. Whoa! Yeah, it's serious. Hey. My last name is Manion. All right, I am 
very much Irish. I can do it. I know, buddy. <laughs> uh, hold on. Uh, let me be the guardrails. Um, <laughs> you don't want to talk about how we used to accidentally oh, quote unquote. Yeah, I definitely haven't. Yeah. yeah anyways. Um, I'm going to delete that one. Yeah, that's probably something to edit out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to make a reference, but then I decided that was a bad idea, too, um, for similar reasons. I also, you know, it must have been a hard day just generally to be an adult, um, but also, like, yeah. a parent. Also a parent, you know? Um, because, so, like, for me, I remember I came home. That's why I, like, really first talked to my, like, mom about it. And then, like, maybe it was, like, later that day or, like, the next day my, my dad got home or something. We had been to new york and gone to the to that restaurant at the top of one of the twin towers like earlier that summer june or july i think um and so like we had that conversation of like you know just talking about that and then being like at in the conversation coming out like yeah we had all like thought about our server and like thought about like the hostess and like everybody who we met like while we were up there and we're like i wonder if they were working you know um and like god to have that conversation with like an adolescent that's gotta be yeah yeah it's real it's real stuff i mean like i i still feel for for my parents too a little bit you know when 9-11 is brought up i can still feel some kind of trauma that's still there that they went through because i mean i it wasn't just that day but multiple days afterwards every night we were on the phone with everybody from New York, mm-hmm. like conference calls, talking about what was happening, talking about family, friends, talking, you know, trying to figure out what was happening. Um, and, you know, I think they tried to to shield me and my brother a bit from the most extreme details that they were dealing with, with people that they knew in the area. Mm-hmm. But I, I remember stuff trickling in about, you know, losing dads and moms and, you know, people never coming yeah. home. And it was tough. It was, it, I think it was really tough on them. And it was, uh, eye-opening experience for me as well so yeah i remember it's crazy um, still crazy to think that it's 20 years ago yeah no it's wild i remember uh whatever that like first big movie came out about the 9-11 conspiracy fahrenheit uh fahrenheit yeah fahrenheit 9-11 is is uh no that's the the, loose change was the other one loose Loose change change. yeah i remember watching that and talking to my dad about it and it was one of the only times my dad was basically like no (laughs) (laughs) just shut it down stop yeah my dad was he's very just amazing as a father and that was one of the only times and i honestly think it had to do with the firefighters Oh yeah, right, right, right. That makes sense. Listeners, my pops is a retired firefighter, and so yeah. um, I think he yeah. was basically like, "Shut this down." Well, I'm glad that you brought up <laughs> conspiracy theories <laughs> because I was going to talk about what I was saying. Like, there were some like formative moments, which were things like, like I was raised to be very anti-war, still am. I'm, I'm and I'm glad that I was. So, like, when the war, like the invasion of Iraq, of, of um, Afghanistan. Afghanistan happened, like that was pretty immediate. Like, this is not going to turn end well. And like, I had some negative thought there. And then, like, I had like a, a conflicting. I remember this one commercial where it was like when they attacked the twin. I don't think it was a commercial for anything. It was just you know paid by whatever some probably political person. Capitalism. Just capitalism. Yeah. yeah, and capitalism. it was like when they attacked the twin towers, like they they were trying to change America, and then like fades, and then it was because like you know explosions, the towers like also fucked up. But they show that shit in like commercial, and then it, like fades yes. away. 
And then it fades back and they're like, and they did. And it was just a row of houses with American flags on it. I remember having very conflicting feelings of being I like, think I remember that. Company. Yeah. I think I remember, I remember that being like, yeah. Yeah, something I wonder similar. The, yeah. Yeah. And I remember being like, that, that's cool that, but also we're not united because there's a bunch of racism happening against Muslim people. One, I remember this as young, being young, but like, are we united? And two, being like, this feels wrong, but also like, yeah, I want to have like a come together and this was fucked up moment. Because it was later, it was like months later, I feel like, that this came out where like shit had happened. And I remember having yeah. really conflicting feelings at that point. Cause like right after I was like a kid, you know, and I was like, yeah, fuck these assholes. Like, we've got, this is terrible. This yeah. is fucked up, which it is. And yeah, like, fuck those people who did that. But at the same, then as like the fallout started to happen, I remember being like, ah, oh, I don't know. This is the. Yeah, 100% agree, Tyler. Yeah, it's hard to, in my memory, pinpoint exactly when the hyper-nationalism started around it and the really kind of, I would say, extreme anti-Muslim rhetoric started. But it wasn't long after. Um, and it was and it was pretty much a cornerstone uh, for American politics for at least oh, a yeah. decade after. Well, where I would... 9-11 was a rallying point. I mean, you could. I think you can still kind of point to it. I, I think John was going to make that point, but... It was definitely felt more extreme. I would like to uh, give George W. Bush some credit in this conversation, given his immediate um, reaction about Muslims. He went to a mosque like days after 9-11, especially after what we've seen with Trump. Yeah. The yeah. nine yeah. the the Republican Party was primed to be so much fucking worse than it was. Mm-hmm. And George W. Bush deserves a lot of credit for making sure that that did not happen until 2016. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, yeah. yeah. I'll tip I'll tip my hat as well. I think that's a it's a good point, John, and um, you know, plus I'll never I'll never forget when he threw out the first pitch in the World Series at Yankee Stadium. Oh yeah, that that's like, a pretty I mean, a the, strike like things. shut the fuck up. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. And and listen, I would love, let's get into this later. Um, George W. Bush, a pawn, made, under his presidency, some terrible things happened. But um, anyways, let, we couldn't even. Yeah, we, we need to, Flavi, tell us your, your wisdom. <laughs> yeah, so my morning was interesting. I was downstairs getting ready for school. My sister yelled down the stairs that a plane had hit the World Trade Center. And I had no idea what that meant. And my dad, I, it was just like one of those, like, my dad was yelling back up the stairs asking questions before he finally went into the living room and just turned on the TV. <laughs> Typical dad and move. So, yeah. And so he turned on the TV and was watching it. He initially was talking about, like, a small, like, single engine plane. Uh, and then we started watching it. And, and I remember when we saw the first like replay of the fact that it was like a 747 my dad went this is terrorists and like i just remember him saying those words i didn't know what they again didn't know what they really meant but i remember him like very clearly being like this is a terrorist attack and so again like i just i feel like i was watching everybody else and like i was watching what was happening but not couldn't comprehend fully what was happening. And then I walked to the middle school from my house growing up. So I went to one of my neighbor's house, uh, JT's house, and to get him to walk to school, 
Well, his dad is an ATF agent. That's oh. right. And so we're sitting in, the, and I didn't really like. Here's here's how little I understood what was taking place. I went into the uh, Petrelli's home, and they were eating breakfast and watching cartoons, and I didn't say anything. <laughs> I was just like, I don't like. I feel like they should. Like I just didn't know what to say. Like I just I was so dumbfounded. And then all of a sudden, his dad comes running down the stairs, you know, to with his cell phone uh, going off. And he comes into the kitchen, he switches the television, and then, like, he's out the door. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay. So, like, this is, like, people are doing things about this. <laughs> it was That was when I was like, okay, so everybody's going to know what's going on with this. Yeah. Right. You know, like it was, other than that, it was just like my family and my sister hollered down because she was listening to the radio. And then, like, the Petrellis didn't seem bothered by it. They were just watching cartoons. And then his dad comes down and was like, okay. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, so then I remember going in again. It was a science class, must have been a seventh grade thing. Um, I don't remember who my teacher was. She was the super hippie science teacher. Ooh, I don't remember her name, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, what was her name? Ooh. Start with an L. L something. Yeah. It's probably it's probably good. We're naming a bunch of people on our podcast. That yeah, this is probably great. Yeah. This is probably good. Lincoln, maybe. Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. she's a great teacher. Shout out to Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, she was a great teacher. Um, but I, re- I mean, I just remember watching that in the first period. And it's funny because you guys were talking about like later in the day. I remember that first period so clearly, and like maybe just snapshots the rest of rest of the day yeah i have much clearer more memories of the morning than i do Our, the, my last memory of the day is telling people at lunch that the largest federal center by square footage is in denver and so we better be ready in <laughs> retrospect that being pretty funny because it's you probably like <laughs> i actually remember that phrase john and i thought Do i you? sticks out of my head too i would be surprised if you said that does it really out. you yeah. probably said it more than once john yeah. and so i'm sure probably, like, I'm, a, I'm sure i was telling everybody yeah, who i could you find were spreading who that wanted around to listen. liberally to everybody yeah. who was within i was like shot. i know one fact about this shit and i'm gonna <laughs> let sure make sure everybody knows it before they go home well you so, know I mean, our bodies were highly activated i you know it's like we, we remember more in the morning i think that makes sense because I'm sure it calmed down, but like, you know, there's a collective thing that happens. Like we're queuing off of our adults and our parents and they're probably like freaking the fuck. I mean, either yeah. visibly or internally freaking the fuck out. And yeah, we are feeling that. And so we're getting like hyped up. Totally. And, then, yeah. and think about our parents. They have no, like we would probably be better equipped as a generation to deal with something like this with our children than our parents were because Mm -hmm. they didn't have an experience like this. Right. And so, yeah, yeah, I can't even fucking imagine like we were talking about earlier, just like, what do you do with that as an adult? I was just thinking this, the amount of time, the amount of time (laughs) that has come between that was between uh, the fall of the Berlin wall. Oh, it's not quite right. It's not quite right. It's 89. So it's like, but almost, it's almost the fall of the Berlin Wall to 9-11 is like, we're not quite there, but that's almost, it's from 9-11 to now is almost double as much time. 
Not quite wow. there yet. We got it a couple years. But think of like thinking about that. Like that was like because that was the year that was, I was born. Yeah, they, they and they, I don't. Those were twelve years. I don't. Apart. We're almost. And we're yeah, twelve years yeah. apart. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was off by a few years. That's because I'm can't do the math. Because yeah, because all good. Math. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I think okay. Here, listen. It's double as much. It's the same amount of time between Bad Religion re- releasing their first EP and nine eleven as nine eleven and now. Okay, <laughs> so fuck you, nineteen eighty one. Um, Wish. so I like that. Man. This that is how we map. all mark time. There we go. Um, but I like, I don't remember uh, the fall of the Berlin Wall. Like, you know, I was a baby and I don't remember it is like a thing that like I remember happening and then affected my life. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like 9 11 is that thing for me that's like a big event like that. And, yes. and I feel like the fall of the Berlin Wall is one of the biggest of our like parents generation right where like mm-hmm. and and they were a little bit older at that point they were like all right right that, uh, and the vibe of it is the opposite right yeah, yeah that was about yeah. that was about opening up to the world you know because like yeah. that, and yeah. that's one of the biggest things we haven't really touched on yet like we talked about it a little bit right the terms of what happened over the next few days how we felt over the next few days uh but you know american society had a shift in their perspective on what was safe and what wasn't safe Oof. And it mm-hmm. and it was months and years after nine eleven that people were still dealing with that, right? It's like it's like the, the South Park episode. You ever go back and watch the one Osama bin Laden has farty pants? And it's like they actually. <laughs> if, if you guys don't know, they yeah. Go back and watch it, listeners, uh, if you like South Park, because they aired that the week after nine eleven happened. And wow, the boys at oh, the beginning of it are right. standing there with trackers on their heads at the beginning of it, and they're checking them <laughs> like getting yeah. on the bus whether they have like weapons to get on the bus to go to school. Right. And like the idea of terrorism happening in the United States wasn't really on a lot of people's minds ever, except for like maybe security experts, people in the government might think about it. But it then became a uh, maybe somewhat conflated reality for a lot of people, but certainly a reality for a lot of people who had never thought about it. Right. It changed the way people interacted with each other. It's changed how we went to the airport, changed how we went to sporting events, you know, Um you know, there's, there was a lasting cognitive effect of it that I would say yeah. is still part of how the United States deals with people that are not American and yeah. the idea of uh, and, foreigners. So, And while not directly related to um, like Black Lives Matter or our current social justice movement, when for me, when there was like a, hey, white people are racist, I was like, yeah. Because, like, people were racist against Muslims when this happened. And, like, I remember that, like, hearing mm-hmm. people say, you know, it was a thing where, we're like, you know, not to say I, I wasn't, had my own fucked up whiteness that happened. But I remember pretty quickly being like, yeah, like, Americans are racist in a way that, so I feel like it has all of these ripple effects on so many different things that may not be directly related. But I was going to say, Tyler, it's interesting because I, well, I guess probably from most of the group, I feel I probably had a very different experience with the post 9-11 like feelings and emotions because at that time, you know, what I was surrounded by, you know, was that like coming together that like America, you know, that, that commercial you talked about, like that's a time in my life where like that, that had choked me up, you know, like, mm. Yeah, I'm actually, yeah, I'm more with you, Nelson. It was, I look back on it now and realize the hypernationalism, but like with my parents being from New York, I was very much in the patriotism, let's go, you know, fuck shit up. Yeah. 
the first uh, goalie helmet I bought with my like rec pads <sighs> was a USA flag yeah, helmet, well, and I bought I that, that specifically because of 9-11. I remember specifically making that decision to be like, fuck yeah, let's go when I saw that at the shop yeah. because of 9-11. Yeah. So, and that was probably a year or two after 9-11, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't so. know. I don't want to make myself sound like I definitely felt the patriarch feel too. I think that's the, for me, that's the interesting part is I felt a conflicted feeling. I felt right. the patriotism, but I also felt like something is, feels weird here. Um, yeah. I couldn't figure that out, but I feel like, again, that's like for all of us, I feel like, cause I feel like it sounds like we all had that at a certain point. Of I know however. for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the 2004 election, I was like, this is a disaster. Yep. This is warmongering bullshit. And we need to, like, this is an impeachable offense. Like, I was <laughs> very, very, very adamant. But a year or two afterwards, I was like, this is, you know, fucking America. Let's go. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, after the invasion of Iraq, it was that, that yeah, actually. The invasion of Iraq changed everything. It yeah. all of a sudden, that's when and, it turned for me too, where it was yeah. like, oh, this I is think no that's, longer about stopping terrorism. This is blood totally. oil. Yeah. And I think that's my um, clearest next memory in this mm. context, actually, mm. is, is the, I remember, because I'm almost positive the invasion happened that same week that uh, we had that gigantic fucking snowstorm. And so I remember being in a Glenwood Springs hotel room because my parents had driven and I were in Utah because it was spring break. We drove back for the storm, for the end of the storm, and we got stuck in Glenwood Springs. We couldn't make it any further home. And I remember watching the beginning of the invasion on television that night. Um, And so it's, 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 wild that like my next clear reaction or memory is is that instead of you know the i remember feeling a lot of the like patriotic feelings and stuff like that but that's my next clearest like current event memory yeah yeah and i, I remember the- i remember the douchebacks beating the yankees in the world series i wasn't happy about that <laughs> <laughs> sure you is do, that, a, is that count as current event yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You're, okay. it, it does for you, for sure. Yes. It's like when your dad went and played drums for like an hour and then came out and was like, I'm fine. Totally good. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did that a few times. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, go Nelson. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of people that were. There's a lot of people in the United States that still were. Totally. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people we went to high school with. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And to this day, I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot yeah. of people. But I think like it was that, and then like, yeah, definitely the invasion of Iraq. The next, explosion. I mean, and then as we got a little bit older, like when Loose Change came out, like, you know, hey, listen, I've watched a lot of those things, and a lot of that shit gets debunked. But there are still certain things that are. I, I, I don't think our government necessarily did it. I just, I do think though that there are unanswered questions that they fucking know. They're just not going to tell us because they don't tell us everything. Why would they tell us everything? I think it is fucking preposterous to think that the United States government was involved in that, especially at the top levels. I think that is 
fucking an, uh, an yeah, insane I'm, I'm thing with, to I'm think you, in, in yeah. the face no, of. Nobody can keep a secret for fucking. Are you anything. fucking kidding me? Are yeah. are you, I've, 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 no. I've worked in local government. Nobody can. Nobody. Nobody's that nobody competent, can. and yeah. nobody can keep fucking nope. secrets. Nope. No. Now, do I think that there are things about that day that we still do not officially know for sure? Because that's how the historic record works, right? Like <laughs> we will find things out in fifty years that we didn't know on that day. And probably a lot of it is like, we couldn't tell you because that would give up a source source or method that is still active. And so we, we, we would get that person killed if we told you this information. And so we, we can't do it. So I don't even want to say it's quote unquote malicious that we don't know about, and you might interpret it that way, but I think the people uh, making the counter argument would say it's not malicious. It's, It's to protect American security and our sources and methods. So I, um, I think, all of that just gets us further away from solving actual problems. Yeah. I mean, like it, it, not only is it possible that there are, are probable that, that there are people that are open investigations, but also in a time like this, you're the country's, the government is supposed to be like, Hey everybody, we got this because we're not we, like, we're, we're going to be okay. Cause that's how governments operate. Because if not, people are going to lose their minds. And so yeah. what governments do is go, hey, we got this. And if they made mistakes, that's what I think. I also think that they made some mistakes at, at, at sure. relatively high levels. I think some mistakes were made. And I think that they uh, didn't want people to know that because for obvious reasons, they wanted a sense of unity and safety, you know? And like, I'm just like, yeah, that, that's life. Yeah. <laughs> I, and well, and that's also like leadership 101, right? It's like, even if you're panicking, don't show them that you're panicking. Yeah. 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 Totally, so, totally. yeah. Also, they wanted to invade Iraq. So I think there were certain. Also, they wanted that... to invade Iraq. Like, that's, <laughs> let's be very clear about, Try like, that's father. the actual conspiracy, right? Like, right, that's, that's the, one yeah, of the yeah, things yeah, that yeah, fucking right, drives right. me nuts yeah. about conspiracy theories yeah. generally yeah. is. Nobody actually pays attention to the real fucking conspiracies because they're not as sexy. Turns out the mystery is what's sexy, yeah. not the like actual event. Yeah. Because yeah, Mr. Mr. Powell, up, I'm going to ask you right now: Do they have weapons of mass destruction? <laughs> yes, we believe is basically what he said. Mass, yes, we believe they have mass destruction. Yeah, so we should go in there. That's a fucking conspiracy, and it yeah. led us into one of the most, if not the most disastrous foreign policy adventure this country's ever been on. It probably led to a whole bunch of shit like Trump, even. I mean, that is... Yeah. And, and, and it's a stable I will say, already un, yeah, unstable. Whole fucking nightmare. Point that, yeah, it's a fucking, yeah. And yeah. I want to make sure we get this in on this discussion. There is an alternative history, even with George Bush as president, where we didn't view this as an act of war. And I think it would have been so much better for this country if we had had strong enough and clear enough leadership. Like I think H.W. Yeah. Bush might have been able to do this. Yeah, Clinton might say, have been able to do it too if he was still. This is yeah, and explain to the American people that this is a horrific event that will be answered, but it will not be answered with American with full American military might. We will take care of the bad guys for sure. But the way we're like, the thing that really sticks with me when we went to fucking peace jam, Tyler, (laughs) and that, uh, the lady there. Oh, sorry, Kelly and Kelly, the Iranian lady, I forget her name who said the best way America could have responded to nine 11 is to go into an Afghanistan and build a school in the name of every victim of nine 11. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and, and, and there's hospitals. some, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's some practical stuff of like, oh, well, you know, how are you going to do that if the Taliban's shooting at you? It's like, I agree, and that's why we should have some military presence. But we should take the Defense Department budget and the State Department budget and flip them. Yeah, 
yeah. That yeah, yeah. is the effective response to 9 11. And it wouldn't, w- w- domestically, we got into this whole security posture that has oh, yeah. been disastrous for personal freedom. Yeah. And oh, yeah. it is continuing to get E-N-S-A. worse and worse and worse. Jesus we Christ. have the 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 militarization of the American of American yes, police forces is directly, directly related, related yes, to 911 and military expenditures. Yes. And so the the creation of the Department of Homeland of Security, Homeland Security, which is where ICE comes from, yes, is from the directly related to 911. And so we didn't have to do that because as we've seen, we haven't had another terrorist attack on american soil to that size and i don't think it's because we invaded fucking iraq and so i think i think the single biggest failure of the bush administration on top of i'm talking including the great recession i'm talking about katrina i'm talking about the war in iraq the single biggest failure of his administration was to fail to respond to 9-11 in the appropriate manner, which would have been in a civic way and not a military way. And I think that the time, it's hard for me to even think about the counterfactual because it makes me so fucking upset. Who, and, and who knows? You can't, you can't play the counterfactual history game all day. I know it's frustrating, but we have I, the facts yeah. we have. I almost wanted you to yeah. Godspeed on the end of that, but I also wanted to say, because I, <laughs> I think it's just important to mention. I'm all fired up now. Yeah, that, and this is like, now I feel, I feel like, like, you know, I want to make a philosophical point in that, like, you re, true leaders respond to situations um, not based on what their motive is, but on taking in, I mean, sure, their own agenda, but also the the whole landscape of what's going on, right? You have to consider what you're doing. The Wolfowitz Doctrine, which was leaked in 1992, which was intended for the fiscal years of 1994 to 1999, specifically says within it that it, we that what they need to happen is for a plan that they have in place, as I mentioned, is a as um, something uh, the uh, precipitating uh, event, precipitating event, and they say something like that, and then it says the um, the size of Pearl Harbor or like the magnitude of Pearl Harbor. And then it tends starts to lay out the invasion of Afghanistan and Iraq um, and Iran, I believe, um, for yeah. uh, the for the use of building a pipeline and various extraction of resources. Yeah. And what Paul Wolfowitz, for those who don't know, was in the administration. Dick Cheney um, was, I think, signed on to this. A few other players, I think, who were in the administration. And so when this happened, this apparently is appears to be what they were trying to enact. Right. So they had their own fucking ideas. And, you know, Dick Cheney, terrible intentions, uh, just that dude alone. And so, you know, we see the fallout now of what has happened because these leaders were incompetent. So it's funny. Uh, I took I, I know I've referenced this before. My capstone history class was uh, compare and contrast the wars in Afghanistan, Vietnam and Iraq. And so the one of the we had to write like six or seven papers in that class, just like kind of editorials almost. And one of them was, why did we invade Iraq? That's it. That was, <laughs> that was the question. <laughs> yeah. Was the, was the wolf was the doctrine? <laughs> well, so I started writing it. I had to stop and start writing it like two or three times at least because I was so fucking mad when I was writing it. I would just start like diatribing and then be like, yeah. this is not a, this is this not is a, a rant. Paper. This is no longer. <laughs> yeah. This, this is, is not rant. a delete start over again. And so what I found, I encountered similar things and I think it is a little bit too simple to say it was about oil, quote unquote. That's true. What That's it true. was, That's true. 
but oil bigger is bigger geopolitical moves, but it's too much to get into at the end. But of this. <laughs> but it is about oil. It's kind of like Civil War was about slavery. It wasn't about slavery, but ultimately, really, it was just about slavery. Yeah. And I feel the same way about Iraq. If you and if I remember correctly, if you really like dig into the Wolfowitz Doctrine, it is okay. America is a hegemon. We are the single superpower. How do we continue to be the single superpower? Well, we make sure that no power becomes a regional power that can then become a global power. And how do uh, powers become regional powers that become global powers? They control specific strategic resources. Uh-huh. And so mm-hmm. the I, I think the invasion of Iraq was about putting away a rival to America before they became a rival. We forget in 1993, Iraq had the third largest army in the world. And so... John, do you really want... Are we going to sit here and talk Middle Eastern history right now? Because, I mean, I've got a bunch of stuff to say about this. Because, I mean, because you can argue that Saddam wasn't even that much of a strategic piece when you looked at how he was wedged into the geopolitics of the Middle East anyway, that the the Wolfrich Doctrine fucked up their initial assumptions about what the middle east was and who were the important power players there well i don't think sure like but that doesn't um i don't think that that uh says anything that just says they were wrong in their assessment not that that wasn't the reason why they invaded right like sure Sure. so i think iran was the real target well exactly yeah i mean it's about controlling a strategic resource which is not necessarily uh well distributed among um uh, borders right yeah. so you know yeah we, we don't need to do 20 rounds on this right now <laughs> uh we can save that for our upcoming podcast <laughs> yeah it'll be titled why did we invade iraq <laughs> it'll be a 12-part series each episode will be three and a half hours long and you're welcome listeners and we'll start each yeah. one by reading john's uh essay that he wrote and whatever crazy. oh my god i wonder if i could find that it's probably on some hard drive i have somewhere yeah it's probably it. we'll po- we such it. garbage <laughs> uh, so just to go back and read old, old stuff Post some comments about what you think about uh, what you remember about that. We would day. love to hear your stories as well. One of the, you know, us having a historical mindset on this. One of the things we want to do is make sure we just got our recollections on tape. Some poor grad student in the future might be listening to this and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> making it part of one of his papers or whatever. And so um, these types of things end up becoming important. It's something I personally find important is that we record these things because I think we can. Uh, the future generations can learn from us. So uh, please uh, impart your wisdom, folks, and Godspeed. Yeah, this one's one for the time capsule. Yeah, it is one for the time capsule. 100%.